the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Ho, 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 ho. How's everyone, my friends? This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on this December the 23rd, two days before Christmas. Tomorrow, Christmas Eve, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward. I love Christmas Eve. We have a wonderful program, my friends, tonight, or today, rather. And uh, it uh, we've got some great uh, guests with us today. Um, I hope that you are going to have a warm, happy, merry Christmas with your family, my friends. Because I know that we bring you a lot of um, hard news all the time. Hopefully, you'll put it into context. We have within our power, my friends, as Americans, to vote and change the direction of things. We do. We have to do that, my friends, if we are going to uh, continue to be a nation that celebrates this wonderful season and and the reason for the season, to celebrate it, my friends, we need we need to take action. We need to stop fighting among each other, and we need to unite and 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 elect people who are going to stand by us. So, all right, enough said about that. Let me tell you who our guests are. We have two uh, gentlemen who are ranchers who are going to give you the perspective of what they face on a daily basis. Jim Shilton, who is a rancher in Arizona. In fact, his ranch butts up against the border. It it, it butts up against Mexico. And he's going to be telling you how he deals with it, the things that he is dealing with right now, with the surge that is going on in Arizona. We also have Dr. Mike Vickers. Dr. Vickers is a very good friend. He is from South Texas. Dr. Vickers is from South Texas, uh, Falfurias uh, area, and uh, he is from Brooks County. And uh, he is, uh, he's been involved in this situation of the, uh, reporting and monitoring the border crisis for a long time, for a long time. He is a longtime resident of uh, South Texas, and he has never seen it as bad as it is. Uh, on the contrary, he has seen some shifting, and you're going to want to hear what his observations are. Then we have uh, two gentlemen uh, who are going to be reporting from Europe, of all places, Specifically, we've got um, uh, we've got Mr. Armand Alessad, who has been on our show before. In fact, he was down here uh, touring in uh, South Texas. He uh, is um, going to be talking to us about what is going on in Finland with uh, the at the Russian border with the Russians pushing illegal aliens from the third world, uh, illegal aliens who are Asian, African pushing them into Finland, into Western Europe. You're going to want to hear what's going on there. You're also going to hear from our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman. Todd is the uh, is with the, um, the Center for Immigration Studies. He is a regular guest on us, on our show. He's going to be talking to us uh, from Poland. In fact, he's going to be, he, uh, we did the interview as he was driving to Poland uh, I believe he was driving through Hungary. He's going to be giving us his perspective of what he has seen and compare it with what is going on in uh, in South Texas. You are going to really want to hear what these folks have to say. So uh, we welcome all of you. Thank you for joining us. I want to reach out and I want to thank once again our sponsor, 
FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, the foremost organization who fights for our uh, for our sovereignty, in my opinion, who fights for controlled immigration, a sane immigration uh, policy. And uh, they are on the forefront of this in Washington, D.C. If you want to have any information about FAIR, you can go to FAIRUS.org. So without further ado, let's go to our first guest, Mr. Jim Chilton. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, a new gentleman who has joined us, Mr. Jim Chilton, who is a rancher and property owner in uh, Arizona, in southern Arizona, uh, in fact, near Aravaca, Arizona. And uh, I wanted to get him on so that he could tell us what is happening in his neck of the woods with the border crisis, with the illegal immigration crisis that we've got, and how it's it affecting him. Jim, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us, what um, uh, what is happening there? Well, first of all, tell us how long you have been a rancher in your area, and uh, how is this border crisis affecting you? Well, my ancestors drove cattle from Texas to Arizona in 1885. I'm a 15-generation Arizona rancher, and my ranch is south of Aravaca, and it runs clear to the international boundary. Five and a half miles of the international boundary is, in fact, part of my ranch. It's mostly composed of United States Forest Service land that I lease and state lease land, uh, 50,000 acres, and it's a fairly major operation. Uh, Because I have five and a half miles of the international boundary, uh, the wall that Trump built came inching out from Sasabe, Arizona, uh, to my ranch, and it was the wall portion was completed for five miles of the international border on my ranch. But when President Biden stopped all construction, it still had a half a mile to go. And importantly, uh, it has big gaps in it where washes flow out of the United States into Mexico. Well, we are now kind of ground zero for people coming across from from Mexico into the United States. I have five motion-activated cameras. Uh, even though I have over 100 trails coming to my ranch, I've got five trails with motion-activated cameras. Poor sample. But since Biden was president, I've had 3,050 images of people coming through my ranch in, in camouflage, in carpet shoes, and very similar backpacks. The fact is, is that the Border Patrol says uh, that about 20% of the 3,050 are packing drugs. So I'm... I'm in the middle of a drug route. What's happening is is the massive numbers coming across in areas like Lukeville, Arizona, and and Nogales, and and Cochise County. Uh, These people being pushed through by the cartels result in being decoys or and the Border Patrol is so busy, so busy processing people, we no longer have any Border Patrol at the international border on my ranch and other ranches along the international boundary. This is really awful. I have not seen a Border Patrol agent on my ranch for at least three months. They're busy processing uh, these illegal migrants. Now, this situation that you've got, have you ever seen it this bad 
uh, I mean, since you're fifth generation, have you ever seen, I mean, illegal immigration has always been there, people crossing the border, but have you ever seen it this bad, not to mention this dangerous? I've had cameras out for the last 10, 12 years, and during the Obama administration and Trump administration, I averaged only 230 per year from my images on cameras. Uh, I thought that was outrageous. 230 people coming through my ranch, lots of them packing drugs. Yet now that the Biden administration has an open door welcome mat out, uh, I have around 1,200 uh, images each year. So, yes, it's gotten dramatically worse. And uh, how it, has it impacted on your, uh, on your livelihood, on your property uh, in any way? It has indeed. Bottom line, uh, we have cartel scouts on our mountains. Uh, these are people, mainly cartel members, coming into the United States and being on our mountains where they can see and know where the Border Patrol might be at any time. And we, uh, every once in a while, run into a group uh, coming through. Uh, we all pack guns. Uh, we're concerned. Um, there's a huge battle going on mainly in Mexico, between cartel factions. And uh, the Forest Service uh, has told us not to go down to our southern border. We've had gunfights down there. It's uh, it's nasty. I don't like it. Oh, my gosh. Now, what about your residence, your, proper, your, your home? Um, have there been any kind of uh, break-ins or anything of the nature? Uh, fear for your family? We have had three break-ins uh, stolen. It's the drug packers coming north, dropping their drugs at GPS sites or in safe houses or, or old barns, and then going back to Mexico. And that's when they uh, pillage uh, private property, including our house, twice. Uh, we lost computers, guns, and uh, cameras, lots of expensive stuff. It's, it's outrageous. And there are many instances where uh, people show up at our ranch house. Uh, one, this is just a specific example. The doorbell rings. I go to the door and look out the peephole, and there's a whole bunch of men in camouflage uh, and carpet shoes. And I open the door, have my rifle, and I yell, Allah! And they all chimed in, see, see? And I slithered over with my gun between me and them turned on a hose, everybody gets a drink, fills up their water bottles, and I yell adios, and they go on. My wife has had MS-13s at our door. She recognizes their tattoos, and uh, at least they didn't do anything harmful to her, but she gave them food and and water. Uh, We've had MS-13s apprehended oh, 150 yards from our house. Um, it's dangerous out there. We have a family cemetery, and I'm either going to be on top of the ground or below the ground, but I'm not leaving. The cartels aren't pushing me out. Wow, that is really, really disturbing. Let me ask you one last question before we let you go. Um, we have heard that the governor is calling out uh, the the uh, National Guard. Now, she's a Democrat, 
and uh, she has called out the National Guard. Do you think that's going to help any? Yes, uh, she should call out the National Guard. Uh, the problem is, is she's called out the National Guard and appealed to Biden saying, send me more money. Uh, we want to maintain the border. We want to treat everybody humanely. It's not necessarily to secure the border at the border. We need to secure the border at the border. So my distinction from what she did is, is she just wants to maintain an orderly, humane processing. Uh, we don't have any border patrol uh, in our area at all. There's hundreds of miles of no border patrol, and we need the National Guard there. And I maintain we need to figure out some way to get the United States military there. We need to secure the border at the border. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much, folks. We've been speaking with uh, our good friend, Mr. Jim Chilton, who is a rancher property owner in southern Arizona, telling us about what is happening in his neck of the woods. Jim Take care, be safe, and uh, we'll be in touch with you again some more to find out, to give us an update of what is happening uh, in southern Arizona, okay? I want you to know an old cowboy like me wouldn't give you a bum steer. (laughs) You got it, buddy. Thank you very, very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Thank you very much. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Dr. Mike Vickers from Brooks County, Texas. Brooks County is south of San Antonio, just north of the border uh, of the McAllen-Brownsville area. And uh, he has been involved in watching the uh, evolution of this border crisis uh, for several years. And uh, he has also been instrumental in organizing uh, a, uh, a group of folks uh, who help the uh, local ranchers and local law enforcement to uh, uh, take care of their property as uh, these uh, illegal aliens cross it and destroy it. I mean, literally, they destroy the property. They destroy the animals. And uh, he's been involved for some time. So uh, I wanted to get him on and give us an update of what is happening because there are several issues that uh, have popped up lately, and uh, we wanted to get uh, him on. Dr. Rickers, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Just south of San Antonio, near the border, and uh, we wanted to get him on because he is, uh, he's been watching what is happening in his backyard uh, for many years, my friends, and it's, it's been evolving. It's gotten worse. It's different. And uh, I wanted to get him on to get his take on this issue of, first of all, that um, the car chases, uh, liberals, leftists are saying that uh, the uh, Border Patrol and the and, and uh, local uh, law enforcement shouldn't uh, execute uh, car chases anymore on smugglers because it, ca- it endangers the public and it causes uh, wrecks. Uh, the other thing is, uh, when I ask him about um, the the uh, volume of people crossing uh, the border, crossing through his uh, property as well as through his area. So, welcome to the show again, Doctor Vickers. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Well, thank you, George. It's always a privilege to be on your show and uh, kind of tell the truth about what's really going on on all these counties, uh, you know, uh, along the border. Tell, tell us about Brooks County first of all. Uh, this situation with car chases, uh, as the volume of people crossing, uh, there have been more and more car chases, and some of them have ended up being fatal. Um, what is your take on car chases there in Brooks County in your area? Well, it, it's been my experience, and this is what uh, coming uh, from our sheriff's department, the DPS, and the Border Patrol also, is that most of these uh coyotes driving these vehicles, a lot of them are young kids. Uh, 
15, 16 years old that have no driver's license, but they're being paid a couple hundred dollars to pick this group up and take them to Houston. And, uh, you know, as soon as they pick them up, they want to clear the area. And I guarantee you within a mile of being picked up, they're going 100 miles an hour coming through towns uh, uh, at high speeds, not paying attention to crossroads, stop signs or, or red lights to clear the area and and uh head on uh north and so it's it's imperative and absolutely necessary for for law enforcement to stop these kids uh to keep them from running over somebody running into somebody and killing somebody and in a lot of cases without even being chased they'll wreck that vehicle you know i'd say a huge percentage of the time and kill many of the occupants in the in the vehicle wow incredible now um, the, uh, the volume, tell us about the volume of people, because I mean, historically in the past, uh, we have heard about, uh, hundreds of people, uh, thousands of people crossing through the area, not to mention the number of deaths that Brooks County has experienced. Um, what's it like now? Well, actually, it's it's slowed down, George. And part of the reason, uh, give you an example. Uh, under Trump, we had 32 dead bodies show up in 2020. Um, in uh, 2021, under Biden, uh, 119, and in 2022, 93. So far this year, 45. But but what has happened since this past year? We got 30 DPS troopers uh, uh, working all the back roads and the, and the highways going through Brooks County, and then we have a huge number of more. Uh, DPS troopers down in Rio Grande City and Star County and areas along the border doing the same thing. So it is it has slowed our traffic down through private property. This year, our death count is right at 45 as of today. It's uh, the traffic has uh, come to a trickle, but we still have them trying to come through in trucks and in vehicles, and uh, also cutting pipeline chains coming through, bringing them through in vehicles instead of the people being dumped out and coming across country. So we still have a trickle of traffic, but uh, uh, the significant increase in law enforcement uh, activities in the county has really moved a lot of that traffic further west. So you do, you do believe that um, that uh, uh, the governor's uh, efforts are, are paying off to a large degree then? Oh, absolutely they are. And uh, with that, uh, uh, you know, we are... Uh, uh, seeing DPS troopers, we take care of their dogs uh, in the South Texas area, me being a veterinarian. And uh, one of the more recent uh, uh, accidents in a, it was a situation where there was a horrific accident just a few weeks ago uh, north of Brooks County and, and neighboring Jim Wells County. Two sheriff's deputies were halo flighted to the hospital. A coyote and an occupant in the other vehicle uh, were not able to get out, and they burned up and died in that vehicle. And uh, with that, uh, some of them escaped at least one and the dps with their uh, track dogs tracked that individual or those individuals for seven hours before they uh, got to a, another county road and got picked up so the dps presence is, is is a huge huge deterrent wow amazing uh let me also ask you because um uh the cartel wars the wars between the cartels uh are still very very active uh, on the Mexican side, we have seen shootouts and shootings, uh, murders and whatnot. Um, what is uh, what do you hear about on the other side of the uh, of, of the border regarding the cartel wars? Well, right there in Reynosa, we've got a, a war going on between the uh, Zetas and the Gulf Cartel. And just a few weeks ago, maybe five or six weeks ago, they had a huge shootout. And uh, with that. All the schools along the border in Mission, McAllen, uh, uh, Hidalgo closed the schools down that day because those bullets can, can, can land in a schoolyard or come through a school window. And, uh, it was a horrific shootout. And, uh, this is the impact it had on the, on the people in Rio Grande Valley that uh, live along the border and also, uh, the kids that go to school in those, uh, vicinities. Wow. The, uh, I mean, you're living literally on the front lines. And it's it's like a shooting war that's going on on the other side. What it is is a shooting war that's going on on the other side. Um, have you heard, I mean, I know that you were in D.C. not too long ago um, and uh, visited with uh, the representative, state representative, or yeah, the, the representatives from, from other states. Uh, are they in the similar, are they facing a similar situation? 
They absolutely are, uh, George. And in fact, uh, uh, we we visited with uh, representatives in Arizona and in Texas, and uh, uh, everybody's facing the, the same situation uh, uh, along the border. Uh, terrible uh, gang activity. Uh, Cochise County, Arizona, leads the nation with uh, uh, apprehending, uh, I think, 27% of the fentanyl, uh, you know, uh, uh, catching uh, people with the fentanyl um, and uh, that's that's a huge percentage uh, and that, that doesn't mean that that, that doesn't uh, negate the traffic that's coming through and so anyway uh, uh, and the same thing in Texas uh, gang activity in every community in the state of Texas and throughout the whole United States actually uh, affiliated with cartel activity wow it's right here in our backyard it yeah. is and it's in everybody's backyard, South Dakota, Maryland, all over the United States. Yep, that's right. That's right. The border is no longer at the border. It is in your backyard, folks. <laughs> Dr. Vickers, we've been, folks, we've been speaking with uh, our good friend, Dr. Mike Vickers uh, from Brooks County. Dr. Vickers, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Well, George, it's always a privilege to be on your program and tell the truth about what's going on down here. And so anyway, uh, look forward to, to more dialogue with you down the road Going and have a wonderful Christmas. You too. You have a Merry Christmas. You stay safe. And uh, regards to your family and those beautiful puppies that you've got. <laughs> All right. Thank you. They're getting big. They're fixing to go to the trainer. And, uh, you know, they're, that's part of our security being out here on a big ranch along the, along the border. Yep. Dr. Vickers has two big, huge German Shepherds. <laughs> you take care, Doctor. You be good. <laughs> we'll talk you. to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you, George. Bye bye. George Rodriguez, head conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, el conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, and uh, we've got my very good friend. Uh, Armand Al-Assad, who is uh, talking to us all the way from Finland. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to get him on because uh, Finland is uh, has closed its borders with Russia due to immigration. Can you imagine? What a thought, uh, closing your borders because of immigration. So I wanted to get him on and chat about what is going on in Europe with this uh, with this situation, particularly in Finland. Armand, thank you very, very much for joining us. Welcome to the show as usual. Thank you, George, my friend. Very delighted to be be on your show once again. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank. You. Tell us about this situation with um, uh, Finland closing its border with Russia, and why did they do that? Uh, well, basically, there has been a lot of uh, migrants that have come to the border from from Russia's side. Uh, in the past months and, and during this year, uh, bit by bit, uh, but since uh, Finland joined uh, NATO, the, the numbers have gone up, and that, of course, uh, puts, a, puts a lot of suspicion into, into, into why. And, uh, and uh, the people coming from, from Russia uh, want to come to Finland either to, to get uh, political asylum here or to continue uh, elsewhere into Europe. But they are, uh, according to the Border Patrol, they are coming from uh, Afghanistan, Egypt, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Iraq, uh, Pakistan, uh, Somalia, Sudan, and Syria. My So basically, the, yeah. Uh, so how are they getting into Russia and then, and then to the Finnish border? Well, that is the big question. I think that's the, that's the, the million dollar question because, uh, uh, Russia really doesn't want, uh, we, we all know that Russia doesn't want, uh, refugees or people going from, from these countries into Russia. They're very strict about this. Uh, so, so that raises a big question that how they even got into Russia. So, so there's, there's a lot of debate about, uh, this being a sort of a hybrid attack uh, on from from Russia's side, uh, because they they can see that okay from their their southern borders there are people uh, on the borders uh, coming from coming from these countries, 
okay, so why don't we just drive them over to Finland's border and, <laughs> and, and put them there and, and cause a lot of trouble in inner politics uh, within, within Finland's uh, own, own country to, to get a lot of chaos going on uh, over there because we all know that Russia is not happy about Finland uh, joining NATO. Mm-hmm. So that that is definitely one one theory. Now, so what is uh, what is the response in Finland? Do you have people who are uh, op- opposed to uh, or, or want to close the border to uh, protect Finland, or and are there other people who just think you know this is humanitarian and we've got to let them all in? Uh, there's definitely both. There's definitely both, and I think that this is what. Uh, And, and the theory that I just uh, explained uh, pretty much backs up what, what is going on right now with the debate, because there's definitely people who want to keep the border closed, who don't want anybody coming over uh, unmonitored, unchecked, and there are other people on the other uh, of course, on the left, who want uh, the, the liberals who want the, to help people because they say that these are people in need of humanitarian help. And of course, that is uh, there, there pro- probably is a lot of people in need of help, uh, need of humanitarian help. But uh, to, to see uh, who is really needing that help, what kind of help, uh, this will take a lot, lot of time and this would take a lot of effort to, to, pre- to be able to monitor because you don't know if there's just moved out of the country uh, just to go to a better country, or are they actually seeking political asylum? So it's really difficult to know. And of course, this causes a lot of trouble within Finland. But after the 2015, uh, the, the migrants migrants that came all over uh, from, uh, from, from the Middle East and Africa to Europe, and especially to Finland, uh, the... the uh, attitudes to keeping the border closed uh, has been much stronger. So so definitely there's a division, uh, but of course uh, the people on the on the left, they really don't want to even discuss this. They just want to let everybody inside. Wow. Now, are, are other countries experiencing the same thing like, uh, like Finland with this uh, mass migration that's uh, causing problems to them? Oh, definitely. Actually, there was uh, there was a big like like uh, we have talked about Sweden, for example, with you before before on the show, and everybody I'm sure in, in the states knows what the situation in Sweden is, how how chaotic it is. It used to be one of the most peaceful countries in in the world, if not the peace, most peaceful and safest country in the world, and now it's it's uh, it's just like a hell. It, it's It's just like gang heaven, basically. And all the, the the different mafias and gangs that are working there, working there, the, the amount of shootings and bombings uh, that go on in Sweden is just insane. And and in Finland, there was just uh, was it last week or or a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a sh- for the first time there was a shooting in a movie theater, and this was gang related, uh, immigrant related. Uh, also, and and uh, maybe the scariest part was the person who was shot was wearing a bulletproof vest. Oh my god! So, so this is yeah. So he knew already that he is in danger, and and Finland has never been in a situation like that. That you know somebody there is a shooting, but the guy who's who's shot already knew that he might be in in that kind of danger. So so basically, even. Even the uh, the idea that the situation has gone so far that people walk around Helsinki with bulletproof vests means that something is very very wrong. Wow! Now the issue of acculturation, the issue of assimilation, that is a very very big discussion everywhere that you've got immigrant groups coming in. Uh, how yes. has Finland dealt with that, or has Finland dealt with that issue of assimilation? Uh, I, I think that that Finland has never put enough emphasis uh, emphasis on trying to uh, get people to adapt, like putting enough emphasis on on language, and then to uh, adopt into the culture, to teaching about the culture, to teaching teaching about the 
the language. I think it should basically just be like, it should be like a business agreement. Okay, we're going to help you, but you have to pay this back. You have to have the bag. It's, it's got to be like a bank loan. But it's never been uh, in that way. So that causes a lot of trouble. For example, um, if you have people coming from third world countries, uh, especially the women, they're very vulnerable. They might not even know how to read and write their own language, for example, and they can come to Finland where, where there's a completely different language with it, where, of course, they don't know how to read and write that language. Uh, there's no way that they can work or have a social life or working society. The men from those cultures have a lot of more freedom. They can go around, they can do whatever they want within the culture. Uh, the w women are mainly left alone with the kids, uh, having no skills, no language skills, no job skills, uh, no social skills, basically in the home with children also uh, who don't know the language. So so it, it, it's not rocket science, it's science that the children are also going to be in a very bad situation trying to adapt. So that, that causes a lot of the kids uh, joining gangs because basically that's the only place they feel that they have uh, like any kind of value or they belong somewhere. And this is, well, yeah, we all know where that's going to go. And, and uh, this is going around, uh, going uh, on all over Europe. Uh, Hungary and Poland, for example, are very strict. So those are two countries that do not take in refugees. And they are very, very strict. They are very loud about uh, their, their attitude. They say this out loud. They're not taking anybody in. Uh, and, and, uh, if, if somebody actually needs uh, asylum and we can, they can prove it, we will help them. But otherwise, nobody can come. The uh, Let me ask you this last question before we let you go. Um, we have heard the term weaponization of, of immigration. Um, you've yeah. seen the Texas border. You have seen uh, what's happening in Europe. Uh, what is your what is your thought about mass immigration at this point? Mm, well, I, I personally like to believe that, that I'm, a, I'm a very humane person, uh, uh, but I'm also very pragmatic. So I like to think... Uh, in, in grassroots level um, with common sense and a lot of things. So if, every, if anybody needs help, uh, actually really needing help, I believe that you should help that person. It's a, it's a, it's a Christian way of, of thinking and there you, sh you should help uh, people in need, but to have no structure in how you are helping, to have no uh, common sense in, in what you are doing how, uh, or or who you are helping without any, any kind of checks, uh, be just blindly wanting to uh, put yourself out there uh, without understanding the risks, then I, I think that's just stupid. Uh, so so there, there is a lot of trouble going on, for, for example, uh, all over the world with people just coming uh, from different countries to Europe, to America, to the Western world, uh, being unmonitored and, and not checked is leaving a lot of a lot of uh, space for a lot of bad people to use that uh, that loophole to to do the bad things that they want to do to take care of, uh, to take advantage of the people who are helping who are helping people who really need help. So I think that there's a lot of lot of uh, things that are wrong in the in the in the whole system of how, how these things are being done. And this is why, well, basically the, the, the system having, or the way of helping, having no structure uh, has all the effects that we're seeing right now here in Europe uh, uh, and of course in Texas. Uh, the situation that I saw in Texas, just, but that was just so out of hand. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Armand, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us, buddy. We'll get you back on the show again, folks. We've been speaking with our friend Arman Alisad, who is talking to us all the way from Finland. Thank you very, very much, my friend. Stay safe. Thank you so much. You too. Stay safe and hello to everyone in Texas. You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good buddy, uh, Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, 
is uh, in Europe uh, doing a uh, doing research and observation and writing about what is going on there with the with uh, the immigration crisis there. So let's find out. Todd, t- thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Tell us about what you're up to, what you're doing. Well, Europe is experiencing a tripling of the number of illegal immigrants entering the European Union in 2023. Uh, and also um, experienced a significant spike and surge in 2022. So it's the second year in a row of increasing numbers. Europe is in the midst of probably the biggest illegal immigration crisis since the 2015-2016 crisis when several million came into the interior of the European Union. And so I'm here in Europe just trying to assess what that means, what that looks like, and what the Europeans are going to do about it. Because by all indications, by all accounts, European voters are not taking this very well. And they're moving to the right politically to demand that their governments and that the European collective take stronger measures to stop this before it spins out of control again like it did five or six years ago. And so for that reason, it's very interesting to watch. There are some ideas that are coming out and being batted around here in Europe that I think are applicable maybe to our own mass migration crisis, which is far greater, uh, but that maybe in the next uh, political season, some of the candidates might want to consider talking about and that some of the uh, voters might be interested in hearing about. So that's what's going on. I'm I'm doing some writing and mixing about what I'm seeing on the ground all through the Balkans route, mm-hmm. which is newly resurgent. Now, <clears throat> these immigrants, uh, obviously they're not they're not European immigrants, or they're not Europeans. Where are they coming from? The majority in this surge are from Afghanistan, Morocco, Syria, Tunisia, other Middle Eastern countries, but also, you know, I've met uh, a lot of, uh, uh, not a lot, but I have met some Nepalese, and there were a lot of Cubans crossed through here earlier in 2023. Cubans? But they're most Cuban. Yeah. Earlier this year, we also saw uh, in Europe a significant spike in Cubans and Ecuadorans, people from Latin America coming here uh, to go to Central Europe, mostly Germany, France. Some of them wanted to go to England, uh, you know, just to improve their economic opportunities. And um, that had to do with a policy by Serbia to allow people to fly from certain countries into Belgrade visa-free. So suddenly they dropped all the visa restrictions and uh, large numbers of uh, Latin Americans started surging in to Europe, wanted to live in Europe, find asylum. Uh, since, since then, Serbia has been pressured to end the visa policy. And so now we're not seeing uh, very many Cubans come. Now that's, you know, that is very, very interesting how these countries, and we've seen that in, in Latin, in South America, some countries will drop the visa requirements. And of course, people will, will 
come surging in and then proceed on to uh, whatever country, usually the, a, a, a uh, like the United States or, a, or or another European country. Um, I, what what is their intention? Are they helping this um, mig- migration crisis? Well, the, it's always about the path of least resistance. So uh, it's the, the same dynamic that has been at play at the U.S. southern border that you and I have talked about a lot is at play all over the world. I mean, there's nothing special about the U.S.-Mexico border and what drives mass migration over those borders. And we see all of those same factors and the same calculus in the European theater. If you, if they know that they can get in and stay in, they will come. And it's just that simple. If they know that there will be pushbacks, deportations, detention, then they will stay home. The Europeans are uh, have been very split about how to uh, how to proceed. Liberal governments want to let them in; they think it's humane. They don't want to deport or push back into other countries because they view that as cruel and inhumane. And they work at odds with conservative governments that understand that you have to deport, detain, and otherwise not let them in. And so this makes for a very interesting debate in that, that the Americans should pay attention to right now because there are a lot of European populations, voting populations, that do not want mass migration, and they're letting that be known. And so even liberal governments over here are starting to at least talk out loud about being tough, about detaining, about deporting, about doing the things that need to be done to stop this sort of thing. So uh, I wrote a piece, published a piece earlier this week in a publication called The American Mind that explains, uh, describes a lot of the policies that are being opposed right now in the European theater and suggesting that maybe American presidential contenders should take some of these under their wing and campaign on these. And maybe even Donald Trump, the frontrunner, could find some fresh new ideas for when the time comes to shut down the U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah, whatever. The time is not here yet. Let me ask you one more question before we let you go. Is the issue of once these people are in the country, um, what is, are they assimilated or are, is there a real, uh, are these people colonizing uh, the, the countries that have let them in? There have been a lot of studies done over the last five or six years about that question. And the general consensus is that these populations, especially from the Middle East and South Asia, have not and will not assimilate or integrate into European societies. They keep themselves apart voluntarily. Uh, They view this as protecting their culture and their religion from contamination by the host governments and countries. Why the hell do they come? (laughs) They came for the money. Uh, No wonder. You know, you can earn earn the money and um, send that money home, but you can also at the same time retain your religion and your uh, cultural purity. Uh, And, you know, this is a problem for a lot of the Europeans because they see terror attacks, and they see 
unfamiliar crime waves of, uh, you know, lots of rape, for example, child molestation, things that happen in some of these countries at a scale that they never saw before. Riots, uh, this sort of thing. And that this is why European governments, they have, ex- uh, I'm sorry, uh, voting populations have experience now, years of experience with this, and they don't seem to want more. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. We're going to let you go, buddy. Thank you very much, folks. We've been speaking with Todd Benzman, our very good friend from uh, the Center for Immigration Studies. He is in Europe driving right now, as I understand, to Poland. Are you not? Or through Poland? Yeah, I, I've been in Poland for a couple of days. I'm, on, I'm driving from the Belarus border at the moment to Warsaw. Wow. the capital of Poland, and smaller surge of illegal immigration over its border with Belarus, despite having a, a, a very long and sturdy fence with um, lots of, backed by lots of strong, deterring pushback policies. But they're still having... Uh, new problems with people defeating their friends. And uh, some officials here think that it might get worse next year. Wow. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, Todd, be safe, my friend. And uh, we will get you back on uh, as soon as you get back, if not sooner, so you can tell us more about what is going on. Well, the weaponization of immigration is going on across the world, and we're seeing it, friends, in Europe, and we certainly are seeing it at our border. Todd, be safe, my man. Thank you. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Folks, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us today on this uh, two days before Christmas. I hope everyone has a very, very Merry Christmas. I want to thank our sponsor, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Folks, if you want to know anything about what's going on with immigration, go to fairus.org, and uh, you'll be able to find out anything and everything. I also want to thank our guests, Mr. Chilton, Mr. Armand Alisad, Todd Benzman, and Dr. Mike Vickers. Thank them all for being on our show. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week, my friends, when we'll have another show, and it'll be another powerful one. Until next time, you have yourself a merry, merry Christmas, a safe Christmas, and we'll see you next time. Ho, ho, ho. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.